0: I love talking to the partners and understanding what their challenges are, really figuring out how, as businesses, we truly develop partnerships.
1: Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Heather is the SVP of Marketing at 360 Insights. We're so excited to have Heather with us today on the Twin Talks Tech Leadership Podcast. Now, she is not only well-known in the channel community, she's also an entrepreneur. In her past, she was the founder and CEO of Spark Your Channel creators of a new channel marketing automation platform, and the founder chairperson of Channel Maven Consulting. I know a lot of people in the channels know who Channel Maven Consulting is, a strategic channel marketing agency. So she knows the channel space inside and out, which leads her into the company she's at today called 360 Insights. Heather's recognized channel leader and marketing expert, and she is a sought out after speaker within our community. Our community members are full of entrepreneurs, leaders, marketing experts who want to know insights, and they're going to get that from an expert today. What really draws me into Heather is our similar backgrounds. She spent time, several years, building up the branding, the channel programs, and the marketing aspects for EMC, Ecologic, Dell, and she does that today for her clients. I, similarly, was also at Dell, EMC, Ecologics, and of course, I am a girl dad. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But Heather, welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast.
0: How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me.
1: You have a very fascinating journey. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like being an entrepreneur, having these startups, and then how did you get into this space where you found that channel was who you are and what you are?
0: yeah, so I would say channel came before entrepreneurship, although I'm fourth generation entrepreneur, and I always people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up when I was like six years old, and I'd say the boss. so I always I think I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but um I graduated from business school in uh, early two thousand and um, like many kids graduate or or young adults graduating from business school, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in tech. I got an interview at EMC and um, the woman who interviewed me, Cindy Herndon, who's still a channel executive in this space, I said, you know, I know marketing, but I don't know anything about the channel. And she said, I'm going to teach you everything I know. And we joke now that she overshot a little bit because I ended up owning a company called Channel Maven. But for me, it was Um, I saw a problem. I felt like um, we were making programs in a bubble and we were communicating at our partners instead of with our partners. Um, And Channel Mavens as an agency was totally focused on better communicating to your partners and then helping them drive demand in such a way that fit their business. Instead of saying, here are all these requirements, go figure it out. We were saying, what are the things for each of your businesses that are going to make the most sense?
2: Heather, and I appreciate the insight you're sharing with our audience today. And I know that our audience is going to take so much from what you're going to share with us today, aside from all the jokes, aside from all the things about our children. But here's what I wanted to ask you when it comes to the partner ecosystem, because it's evolving unlike it's ever has before. We're talking about embracing the ideas and differences of brands and strengths and niches. And we're saying we're going to bring all these together to impact the bottom line for everyone that's involved. But for our listening audience, talk about your focus at 360 Insights. And what are you doing specifically to help build the vision behind the marketing strategy of that organization? And how is this furthering to bring and bridge all these different channel partners together?
0: Yeah. So um, it was interesting. The move to 360, you know, I had started the software company. I um, launched three weeks before the pandemic. So any funding, any uh, development, my two partners that were going to come with me, everything sort of like halted. And I went, oh, I don't think I wanna own a software company and a services company. Um, so when 360 acquired both of the companies, that was not my intention. My intention was let's sell the software and then I'll go back to running uh, my agency. Um, but the CEO at 360 Insights is an amazing person. If anyone ever has the chance to meet Jason Atkinson, uh, Atkins, it's just, um, he's he's an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. Um he convinced me that running marketing and selling into the channel, um, was what I had been doing already and that I was going to continue doing that. And that's really what I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I still get to be me. I still get to get out on the road. And, and, um, anyone who's ever seen me in an event knows that you don't stick Heather behind a desk and, and hope that she's going to be happy. And like, I just, I love being out there. I love talking to, um, the technology companies, I love talking to the partners and understanding what their challenges are and figuring out how to solve those challenges where it's one plus one equals three. It's not like you're taking from one and, and, and giving to the other, um, but really figuring out how as businesses we truly develop partnerships um, that make the most sense. So, uh, you know, I'm able to do the marketing side, which I love. I have an amazing team. Um, that runs sort of the more day-to-day stuff. And then I'm out there, you know, speaking and traveling and at these events and and figuring out how we can make people better. Um, 360 as a company is a channel incentive management platform. And we're one of the only ones that sort of looks at the partner side of it too, instead of like just give them spiffs and they'll sell more of your stuff. It's how are you, how do you need to incent them so that they continue doing the things that build your business.
1: This is Danny, and two things come to mind. One, we know a lot of companies change their partner programs over a period of time. Here, uh, you Microsoft partner, for example, my, our first business before we had that meetup, what, we were an MSP in Navarre. And we had three offices spread throughout the United States, and as a founder of the company, trying to grow my business, grow my brand, decided to go all in with one vendor in order to kind of build up the cash flow, build up the incentives, the kickbacks, the rebates, and... I've been part of the changes when the partner programs have changed. And at times, when partner programs change, you ask yourself, do I fit? And is, yeah. is myself being taken care of? Is my business being taken by that OEM? So I know it's a very difficult task for your organization to try to build the right incentives. Because if you're telling me I need to do 250000 dollars a month in every single category within Microsoft as a small business in order to maintain a, a certain partner level to get kickbacks, it's not happening. So I think it's a very, very difficult task that your team has. And it's a very unique task because you not only have to understand that SaaS provider that you're helping, you have to also understand that clients. How do you balance that? Knowing the clients that they're going after, yeah. knowing the, uh, the SaaS provider you're working with, how do you balance all of that? Because it's very difficult creating an incentive program because it's not going to be the same for everybody.
0: Right. Um, you know, I think it really is understanding people's businesses and it's not just at the, you know, is it a volume rebate, is it a re- is it a spiff for selling multiple things? It's also how do you use points-based incentives to incent the behaviors that you want your partners to do? You want your partners to do marketing, you want them to use MDF in the correct way, incent those those micro behaviors so that you can try to get um, them to build their businesses in a smarter way. Um, I think it's also, you know, we work outside of tech. We work in in consumer durable, so kitchen and bath, HVAC, consumer electronics. We work in automotive and automotive aftermarkets. I know more about tires than I've ever known in my entire life. Uh, And we work in life sciences. So you also have to take macroeconomic um, situations into account. Like there was no inventory at the end of 21. Our clients couldn't sell their products. They had no need to incent their products because people, people would wait six months and pay double for whatever they had. Now, all of that inventory has come back and they're trying to move it. But now we're in a recession and there's inflation and people have stopped spending. So now incentives are more important than ever. So it's, it's not just about knowing the customer and their partner's or reseller's business. It's knowing your customer and their partner's business at every single economic situation. Seasonality comes into account. Um, So there is a lot more, and I'm loving it. There's so much information. I'm a forever learner, so I appreciate that I'm learning new things every day.
1: This is Danny Once again, I think that you brought up a couple of things I thought was really interesting. It can be seasonality. It can be cyclical. There's a lot of things that can affect how incentives need to be created, how incentives need to be formed. Uh, the fact that you talked about tires, it just kind of made me chuckle a little bit because uh, when you're driving a car that um, has a heavy battery, you have to change your tires quite frequently. Uh, so I, I've learned a little bit about tires myself
0: <laughs> over the last I few bet. Months. Well, and it's so funny. We're talking about EVs now. And how you could do a software update and tune up your car. But the one thing you can't tune up by software? Tires. Tires, brake pads, and the calipers that push them. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I I'm, I do my I try to do, um, you have a car that could do more, but you're trying to do less so that you can save the tires. And that's, a, that's another story, right? You, yeah. If you take the performance, you start doing more, you're going to wear those tires up real quick. Uh, so that's one of the things that scares me when I, uh, you know, especially when my wife goes out with the cars, they take taking a little easy, you know, try to get a couple more miles on the tires. <laughs> uh, on a side note, um, love, the, love the fact, uh, you said something earlier, my, my daughter said this to my wife. So my wife's an entrepreneur as well, and she's a, a coach and trainer. She she coaches a lot of you know, senior business leaders uh, in the SMB space. And we asked my daughter, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they said, I want to be like, mom, I want to be the boss lady. So <laughs> in our household, they don't ask dad stuff first. They always ask my mom first because she's the boss. Lady. They're like, dad's the CEO of his own company too. I think that's yeah, most but, houses. Yeah, but she goes, but you're not the boss lady, dad. I was like, okay. So it is interesting <laughs> you brought that up. And I, I really appreciate that. Uh, on a side note, uh, tell us a little bit about the fact that you talked about your company being acquired not just a software component as well and the channel co- component. Is it very important that when you had that acquisition that you enjoy the organization that's acquiring you. Because I think so many times we go out there and we think about, hey, I want to have a partner I need to work with so that we can win a deal together. Or I want to have yeah. organizational partners that uh, are what I call the yin and yang with me. But so many times partners don't look at that. They just try to close the deal and they realize I don't like working with this person. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that interaction when you looked at this organization coming on board to acquire your organization. How did you know, I like these people and I like what they stand for. And I think together we're actually to give back to the channel community even more.
0: Yeah. So for me, channel maven and spark your channel, people mm-hmm. would say like, Oh, it's like you have two kids. I didn't look at it that way. Cause channel maven truly was my baby. Like I started that we were broke as a joke, like sold, Our house moved into a crappy apartment, had one car, like literally would open the cupboard and be like, I see chicken sausage, I see zucchini, and I see rice. Done. Like, that's what we're eating. Um, And with Spark, it was, I want to build something that eventually will be acquired. So it was always sort of that mentality for me. Um, When I was talking to companies just about acquiring Spark, I didn't care. Because to me, it was, they're going to acquire the technology I spent X number of dollars to build. My investors will get their money back, and i'll I'll wash my hands of it um when the conversation turned to we're going to acquire Channel Maven, which I had owned for fourteen years and had twenty two employees and had been doing you know it it was my identity like I literally put channel i'm now uh the o g channel Maven on my LinkedIn. It was my identity it the name of the company was who I saw myself as. So I think for me, knowing that I was going to stay, yes, a million percent. Um, There were other companies that were, um, you know, trying to date us, so to speak, for an acquisition. And I just didn't see myself at those companies. Um, And even since, you know, people are like, oh, you've been there a year and a half. Can we hire you out? Um, No, because the culture is so incredibly important to me now. Having a boss who believes in me, like I'm not a traditional marketer. I don't walk in and say, "Here are Google Ad metrics, and here's how those lead to MQLs, and here's how those lead to SQLs." I have people on my team who do that, um, but I think I come at it from a very dip, from a more entrepreneurial perspective. From a more like I have a name in the industry. Um, it's it's no secret that that's part of why they wanted me. Um, but I think you absolutely, if you plan to stay you absolutely have to feel like you belong at that company.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that at Meetups customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why At Meetup and DSP Leadership Group
2: have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker
1: should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to elitespeakerservices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations.
2: Pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Optimize how you spend, save and grow your money with the Millionaire Me app. Millionaire Me was designed to help Gens X, Y, and Z become after-tax millionaires in retirement. Even if you haven't started saving, you can get started. Get all the tools that you'll need in one easy to use app to get you toward your goal of retiring as a millionaire. So remember, pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire Go to the App Store, download the app to get started, and learn how to become that millionaire. Hello, this is David, and I'm encouraged to hear so much about your leadership, your enthusiasm, the culture that's being built, or at least that's supported there at 360 Insights that you basically say, look, they allow me to be who I am. They allow me to build based on my conviction, my personality, how I thrive as a leader. And that's really reflective of the culture that's there, is reflective of the what they're trying to establish there. You've had incredible success over the years. You talk about being acquired, or at least your two babies being acquired. And I've got to ask you about embracing this aspect of being a learner. You said that earlier. I'm always trying to learn, I'm always trying to evolve. And that's what helps you as a creative. That's who you are, you're a creative. So, speaking of that, talk about a time in your own career where you faced this challenge. And how did you overcome that? Because this is going to lead into a subset of questions that Dan and I want to do in terms of picking your brain, talking about your mindset, your psyche, and who you're about. But can you talk about perhaps a time in your own career where you just felt like there's a challenge here that's significant? It can make or break me. It could be that time when you journeyed in to get into the apartment, saying, I'm going all in. But what was that like for you? And how did you overcome that?
0: Yeah, I think... Um... There were certainly times before I ever started Channel Maven where it just was obvious that like I wasn't an employee. Like I didn't I didn't fall in line. I didn't you know, I would sit in a meeting and and the executives would be saying something and I'd be like, that does not make sense. Whereas everyone else is like, oh, that's a really good idea. Um and it's it is certainly part of being a entrepreneur and having that mindset. You know, people joke that people become entrepreneurs when they like can't sort of fall in line or can't be uh one of the masses, you know, like people who are difficult are entrepreneurs. Um there is one of the sharks uh Barbara Corcoran always says, if you haven't faced adversity, you won't be a good entrepreneur if you haven't had some sort of personal life challenge, then it just, I don't try, I'm not going to invest in an entrepreneur that has had like everything handed to them. Um, so I think when it came to challenges in my career, I kind of overcame them, but it may not have been the right way. I may not have done it in such a way that allowed me to keep my job or allowed me to excel at my job. Um, one thing recently, um, you know, it's hard coming into a new team. It's hard. I I was self-employed for 14 years. It's hard all of a sudden having to like answer to someone. And when I came into this team, I was sort of like, but I'm Heather K. Margolis and don't they know who I am? And like, aren't they psyched that I'm now leading them? And the answer was no. Like they really wanted someone who led them and and allowed them to come with ideas. And and certainly um, servant leadership is something I've learned a lot more about and is super important to me. Like I need to be there for my team and I am there um, to promote them and make sure that they're getting the recognition they deserve and have earned. Um, But I think the transition for me was very hard because I had spoken to this team as a consultant before. So when I became part of the team, it felt like, but I came, you came to me and asked me for my advice and now you're getting it 24 seven. Isn't that awesome? So I think I had a bit of a um, shift that I had to make in my mindset that I was actually there to serve them, not the other way around.
2: This is David. And I appreciate you sharing that. And what's important is to see your incredible growth, even with the new team, sometimes the same things don't work and that's just going to automatically be accepted. I've been learning since I've come into this tech world that people know Danny and they comically, you can say that they often just say, hey, Danny. And they even when I tell them I'm David, they still keep calling me Danny. And in, until they get to, around me enough to where they understand my personality and, and the unique gift sets that I bring, that's when I start hearing them go, hey, Danny, I mean, David, hey, David. And so they find themselves correcting that, right? So it's good to see you. Looking at your own leadership and saying, hey, I need to add that servant leadership as a strength. I need to add this different aspect to my my own repertoire so that these individuals that I'm leading, these individuals that I'm trying to help encourage and aspire, they can be able to see that and thrive on their own. I love that, Heather. Uh, As we lead it to this next section, I really want to talk about your mindset. I I think what I've been sensing and what I think our audience is going they're going to love is that you have this incredible mindset, this sense of I'm going to get it done no matter what it takes i'm going to create something out of nothing i'm going to find ways to bring people together and what's interesting about it is that you have two different styles or two different um what i call angles of building as an entrepreneur you could take something that has never been done before and just make it happen or you could take the gaps there's something there but it's not quite clicking and i'm going to add on to that and that's what you've done with your career you've taken the things that are there but they haven't quite connected and you said i'm going to make those connections for people how have you looked at your mindset And what is then the thing that's driving you to be able to say, I've got to have this mindset to make these connections, to make these, what I would call, incredible pieces come together and align in the right way. And that's what I've been seeing and what I've been hearing. What's been your mindset to make that happen?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I wish there were like a hey, go read this book. And then all of a sudden you'll be able to see those gaps. Um, it it really is something I've always done, even as a kid. Like I can point to comp situations where even as like a 12-year-old, my parents were trying to solve something or my teachers were trying to solve something that had nothing to do with anyone my age. And I all of a sudden was like, wait, what about that? And people would look at me and be like, what the heck? Um, I found out very late in life that, um, I'm actually dyslexic. So I did horribly in school. I was like the bottom 10% of my class through high school, not through high school, but, um, through college and through grad school, I did really poorly in school. And the more that I've learned about dyslexia, by the way, like Richard Branson, Charles Schwab, um, Gavin Newsom, like there are some very successful people who have dyslexia. As I've learned more about it, our pattern recognition and and um, spatial thinking and projection, um, strategic projection is can be off the charts. So I got myself assessed. My one of my kiddos was going through it, and I was like, I want to. I I have a new job. I have a new boss. They're throwing spreadsheets at me five times a day, and I'm kind of like, whoa, that's super overwhelming. Um, but I want to make sure that. I, I know what my strengths are and I know where I need to get help. And my pattern recognition is like off the charts, off the charts. Um, so little things like that, like I will literally be listening to someone having a conversation and can think 10 steps down the road. Like I know we think this is important right now, but the evolution that I see that taking is not actually something we should be investing in right now.
1: This is Janie, and I appreciate you breaking that down, uh, Heather. That you found out something about yourself, and one of the things they have talked about mindset is you found out something about yourself, and you still continue to be successful in life. So many times, and, and we look at what happened to us. Maybe we fall on our face. Something tragic has happened in our family. Something bad is going on. Maybe we got fired from a job, but then we just quit. Yeah. Because the obstacle that we have to overcome is so huge that we just can't see it happening. And this is what we talk about when it comes to mindset, your mindset to be able to know something about yourself. And still, when it comes to the channel community, everyone knows you. And that's really important. I wanna encourage all of our audience members out there, look, if you see something that has happened to you, or if you see a weakness, it's okay. As another quote from Barbara Cockner is saying, finding opportunity is a matter of believing it's there. And, and she is she is actually uh, my favorite on, on the chart team. Uh, yeah. I, I like Mark Cuban, number two. But it's because she's always got these um, witty things. And she even talked about buying real estate in New York. And it's not, it's not who you know. It's sometimes having the biggest mouth, which means speak up for what you believe in. And I really appreciate you talking about that because it really talks about mindset. You guys aren't going through this alone. If you're in the audience and you're a leader, you're an entrepreneur, and you're trying to figure out, hey, how do I make this happen? Uh, something just, just didn't work out. I didn't close that deal. I don't know if I can make payroll. You find a weakness, look through the hill, look forward, make it a strength. And what Barbara likes to say, and I, I really like this part of the quote as well, is finding opportunity is a matter of believing it's there. So I want everyone here to understand that as long as you believe and you have the fortitude to continue to push through, you will continue to be successful and you will make it a success. So I had to talk about it before. Look, I just wanted one component of my business sold. In fact, everything got sold. She talked about partnerships. She talked about why it was important to have a great culture and be around people you enjoy being around. And that's exactly what has happened with her, her business. When we sold our first business, it was the same thing. We we sold our first MSP in our bar to an organization that we competed with a lot. At times, we go to companies that want to buy our products, and that there's this client, there's this competitor there and believe it or not, we had the same mindset, we had the same background, the same culture, and it was an easy sell to, to sell to them because they had the same background. So Heather, thanks for breaking that down and, and really share that with our audience because sometimes we forget about that. Uh, along yeah. this way, as you started finding out a little bit more about business, how did you balance out the family aspect? You talked about, hey, you opened up the cupboard and what was there? That's just what you made. But as you're building out your business as an entrepreneur, and my daughter says this to me all the time, dad, are you working again today? And I have to try to make sure I pull some time out to really set aside time for them. How did you balance that with raising a family, being an entrepreneur? Uh, As you said, when you started the business at the height of of the pandemic, you had to go make it happen. How did you do all that?
0: Yeah. So I had kids later. Um, I had my first kiddo. uh, Channel Maven was nine years old. Um, so it was up and running. I had a COO. I had a head of sales. Um, it felt more manageable. Certainly the, my, with my first kiddo, we took a major dip because I didn't have a head of sales yet. Um, I hired him about six months later so that when I had my second kiddo, I could actually be a bit more relaxed. Um, the balancing for me always has been, and even now as an employee, we're like, I have to get on the road, whether or not, I mean, certainly they're, they're not like you have to get on the road, but there are events where I'm like, I should be the one who's there, not someone else. Um, for me, it's, um, when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. Um, I have no qualms about I'm leaving early today. Cause we have an end of class party. Um, the, for me, it's more about being present, t- talking to my kids about how much I love what I do, um, buying things in the airport on the way home so that you don't feel as guilty when you're traveling. Um, but then also just involving um, my family. My, the company knows about my kids. Our company huddle is at 7 a.m. They're seeing me braiding hair and making lunches and making waffles and getting the kids out the door. So I think it's that we're all human. Um, When we need to focus on our kids, we focus on our kids. And and if you're working for a company that feels like, oh, well, you have to take vacation if you have to take your kid to the doctor, maybe you shouldn't be working at that company. Ew.
1: (laughs) We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jakovitz of pauljakovitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit pauljakovitz. That's paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z dot com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online?
2: this is david heather and i appreciate you talking about the flexibility that's needed the understanding of how to find that work-life balance and then learn how to Kind of disengage, you know, kind of like saying, let me, let me go ahead and push the pause button here. When I'm with my children, I'm with my children. I'm not with my children thinking about work and all the other things I've got to get to. I'm with my children. And what's amazing about it is that they can tell when you're there for them versus when you're just taking up space. And yeah. what that tells me is that you find a way to look at your life. Somebody said earlier this week, I was talking with a professional that talked about the importance of finding what they call work life integration. And they mentioned how. They work really, really hard so that when they're with their family, their family knows that they're there for them. And I think that's so important that you have that. I, I want to ask you something that that really hits to what I do and why I'm passionate about my work, Heather. I'm a public speaking coach. I train executives on how to present themselves with clarity, how to increase their influence with their audiences. You do this as a speaker. You've been on many programs different platforms, podcasts, you coach, you train, you teach, you speak. What do you love about what I would call the stage? What do you love about being in position to speak, share your voice, share your ideas and move the masses? What do you love about speaking?
0: I mean, I think for me, it just was always a strength. So for someone who didn't do well in school and didn't get the proper, like, oh, good job, pat on the back, I think um I just gravitated toward it because I enjoyed it. It felt like um, something that I could point to and and show as an accomplishment. It's no surprise, right, that I'm a good speaker because I don't use a ton of slides. If I have a slide, there's usually one picture on it that is supposed to be funny. Um, It's easier for me to, I've retained what I want to talk about. It's something that I've experienced. So I have firsthand knowledge of it. Um, if you asked me to present about how AI tools work today, um, I probably could just because I've used some of them. But like if you wanted me to explain the technical aspects of it, I couldn't because it's not something I've lived. Um, I think for people, you know, I had someone on my team. She started working for us about six years ago. She came to me five years ago and said, I want to do what you do. How do I do that? And we broke it down. So I think it's always about figuring out how someone learns. I learned by doing and screwing up and being like, I'm never going to do that again. Um, but figuring out how someone learns a skill and then also realizing some people just never want to do it. Like there's someone else on who used to be on our team who would break out in hives, like literally would be rashy and red and up the neck and behind the ears. And I was like, you just, it's fine. You don't have to speak. It's okay.
1: This is Danny. One of the things I want to say that I found... Interesting and Dave talked about you're your speaking and not using thousands of slides. I don't know how many times I've been to the tech conferences and the person that's speaking is actually, that's why we're in the room. We're in the room to learn from this individual, but then all we see is their back because yeah. they're looking at all the components of the slide, all the components on the wall, and then they forget that I need to connect with the audience. And so the fact that you've done this many times is the reason why you are a sought out speaker, uh, specifically yep. in the community when it comes to women in the channels. And, and one of the things you are uh, a leader when it comes to helping other women sell on the channels as well. And so one of the things I think is very uh, fascinating and inspiring to me, when my daughters tell me they want to be like mom because she's the boss and your kids call you the boss as well, uh, I find it inspiring because now women can look into the channel they can grow into the channel and they can actually look at people that are like them and you're excelling in the mm-hmm. channels you're giving back in the channels so when it comes to mentoring other women who would like to excel in the channels what are some of the things that you do to help them so that they can continue to have more confidence as they grow into this channel roles
0: yeah again I think it's knowing the person, like n- everyone is different. Thank, thank goodness everyone's different. Right. But, um, trying to make someone like you is impossible. It's more about, um, I always talk to, to, uh, especially women and especially now, like there's so many people who've been laid off that I'm probably having those conversations two, three, four times a week with different people. Um, I think it's so important to Think about goal setting. Like, don't say I want to be a speaker. What's the thing you actually want to have happen? Like, do you want to share your knowledge? Do you want to get speaking gigs outside of um, your current job? Like, what what is your true goal? Um, and then break it down from there and, and think about them. Not, not like, well, this is what I did. You know, nobody had the life I had. Nobody had the childhood I had. Nobody had the education I had. Nobody found out they were dyslexic at 44. Um, So it's important that you think about their journey and what they actually want to accomplish.
1: This is Danny Heather. uh, I think everyone wants to know what's next. Now that we're Come out of the pandemic, your is has been acquired, you've been working with this new team, you still get to do what makes Heather happy, which is meeting people, talking to people, greeting people. Now you have a full support team to assist you. What's next? What can we expect from yeah. you in the channels and specifically with you in 360 insights?
0: Yeah, so I'm very happy at 360 Insights. I think. If for no other reason, it allows me to focus more on my kids than I could as an entrepreneur. So right now my girls are five and seven and it feels like, yes, I'm traveling probably two, three times a month, but it feels good that when I'm home, I have a team that can back me up. So I don't see any entrepreneurial pursuits in the next three to five years, probably. Um, but for one of the things I miss and one of the the biggest pieces I miss having run Channel Maven is I'm not doing as much speaking. I'm doing things like this and I'm doing our 360 insights webinars, but I'm not on stage at partner summits like I used to be. I'm not, um, out at events like I used to be, um, on stage. So I talked to um, the leadership at 360 Insight. They are okay with me going out and doing thought leadership speaking engagements, which I'm psyched about. So I'm going to start promoting that a bit in the coming months.
1: That's fantastic. And this is Danny. As we come to a conclusion to this amazing podcast, we want to bring Heather back on again, because we didn't really get too much into yep. her background with that team company. And, and I brought yep. up a little bit aspect of it when we talked about why it was important to, channel, to, to really mentor women in the channels, to make sure that they have a safe place where they can grow and learn. Because she's also the chair of the Women's Leadership Council, and we want to bring her back on. If you are interested in learning about the channels, getting into the channels, uh, we want to bring Heather back on so she can give you insights about it. And as she said earlier, it's very important to coach and mentor people. Differently because of where they're at. Not everybody's going to fit that same profile. Not everybody had the background Heather had when she said, look, we we just had to build it from scratch. We built everything on our own. Sometimes, you know, we we just didn't have money. We just had to figure out how to make it happen. Not everybody has that same background, nor did they have the background of working for organizations where they've had to understand the channel inside and out. Dell has a great channel program. They have some direct, indirect models. She had to understand all of those aspects. I'm sure she had to understand the partners, how to incentivize the partners the right way And that's why she has 360 Insights today because they're not just creating the right channel program for the right SaaS organization. They're letting them know that, hey, look, this incentive program is not going to work. And here's the reason why. It may be seasonality. Maybe you're buying tires only a certain time of the year. Maybe it's Mother's Day coming up or it's Father's Day coming up or it could be Christmas. Whatever that may be, it may affect your channel program. And that's why Heather and her team are very important to work with you to assist you to help you because not all incentives are equal heather we thank you so very much for joining us today on the twin Talk tech leadership podcast we do want to have you back because i think the next phase is not only talking about how to get people to get into the channel community but a little bit more about the insights on if you're creating a channel program whether it be a direct indirect model what incentives and what type of metrics should we look at in order to make sure we're creating the right incentive program to continue to attract the right type of partners and to keep them engaged in our partner relationship management tool. So Heather, thank you so very much for joining us. And from Boulder, we're so excited about having you on. And we wanna try to find ways to get you more engaged and opportunities for you to speak more since you're being allowed to have more opportunities to influence the community. Thank you so very much, Heather.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening to the
1: Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe, download and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership.